This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And this is Day 41. Hello, world! Come take this journey with me. Let's go. This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And welcome to another episode of Day 41. How you doing on this week, uh, on this day? Hope that you had a good week on this week. Um, listen, if I had to, if I had to sum up this week, I would say, for me personally, this week has been a push. Anybody understand what I'm talking about when I say a push? You 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 have things happen to you. You have things that affect you. And uh, you may have moments where you just feel like giving up or feel like uh, there's no hope. But you have to keep pushing. And so I don't know about you, but for this week, for me, it has definitely been a push. This is when you find out how much you really trust God and how much you really don't. How much you really say, uh, I'm going to do something and how much you really don't. And so this this week has definitely um, put me at a place where I've had to kind, kind of put my faith into action and also really look myself in the mirror and say, are you going to do it or not are you going to believe god or not it's been one of those weeks but thank god we made it we're here i'm celebrating with you all i'm talking with you all and so we're going to do this show so let me start off like this i met this young lady uh by the name of tammy bailey and how i met her was i actually was uh driving you know on my way to work or on the way on my way to a client should I say and I saw this food bank and um, I was so taken by this food bank that I did a U-turn and pulled up into it because one thing about me is when I see someone trying to do something I like to show support I actually went there to sow a seed into that food bank you know, just ask what ask what can I do to help them further their cause. And so I end up meeting uh, the young lady who's over it named Tammy Bailey. And she began to give me some insight into the food bank. And come to find out this is no small food bank. It looked like just something on the side of the road. But she actually helps hundreds of people with food. And she also had a clothes bin. She also helps many ministries with their food bank. Um, just an awesome, awesome woman of God. And uh, one thing I noticed about her 
while I was there, not just what she was saying out of her mouth, but while I was there, just the care that she took. One thing I noticed was that she made time for everybody and she was accessible to everybody. And when somebody needed prayer, she would drop what she was doing and pray. As a matter of fact, as we were talking, we got into some real deep conversation. But as we were talking, prayer prayer requests came and she would say, excuse me, can we can we pray? You know, and me being me, of course we can pray. And she would just pray and she began to show me people who have been helped through the food bank. Not so much even the food, but just that place being there. Uh, people who have been uh, free from drugs, um, people who have been healed. And it all started in this small outside food bank. No church building, no big sign, you know, except, you know, the food bank, food bank sign. And it just made me think there are a lot of ministries. First of all, it, it made me look at myself that said I can do better. Right. Because you first have to look at yourself to say, OK, what am I doing? But I said to myself, I can definitely do better. It challenged me to be better. But the other thing I thought about was there are a lot of ministries that actually have more resources than what they're giving out. Now, I know you can't uh, feed everybody or, or you know, clothe the whole neighborhood. But, man, you could sure try to see this woman, you know, Practically, I mean, feeding everybody and everybody knew her. And so we often come up with this dilemma of how do we get people to come to church? How do we win people for Christ? And it's not in the church building. It's it's with people like Miss Tammy Bailey who are out in the street, who are out on the side of the road who are willing to give of their time and of their resources and pray for them right there with no with no altar, no pulpit, no no ushers, no oil, no none of the things that a lot of churches say they need. She's reaching people who are lost. And so it really inspired me and and hopefully me and her can do some things together. I got her number and her information. I I really want to work hand in hand with her and and you know, set up my own uh, uh, food bank and 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 kind of follow in her footsteps. There's nothing wrong with following success. You understand what I'm saying? But it really challenged me. And hopefully this has challenged you to say, what can I do? OK, I don't have a church. No, maybe I don't have a whole bunch of money. OK, but what can I do? How can I reach somebody or tell somebody about the God that I claim is everything to me, that I claim, that I love, that I claim can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. How do I reach the loss that are assigned to me? So I challenge you on today. Let's get busy for God, all right? Okay, so we're gonna get into the word, but you know what we do before we get into the word, what we always do, and that is our confessions. I'll be right back, all right? I believe that God's word is true. 
It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me shall come to pass. Now say this with me. Say, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. I am more than a conqueror him that loved me. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. Come on. I am loved by God. I can have what God says I can have. Resources find me. Prosperity finds me. I have favor with people in authority and of influence. My best days and my blessed days are on the way. I believe God. I believe God. Come on. I believe God. Now shout out to God like you know you believe. I got a question for you. Are you ready for the word? I said, are you ready for the word? All right, let's go. All right, all right, we're back, we're back, we're back. I want to talk to you today just for a little bit. Um, I'll, I'm going to start from Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. And this is just the foundation of what I want to talk to you about on today. And it says, he who is faithful in very little things is also faithful in much and he who is dishonest in very little things is also dishonest in much i really want to key on the first part of that scripture where it says he who is faithful in very little things is also faithful in much you know a lot of times we ask god why won't you do this for me? Why won't you do this for me? Or when is my time? We're constantly asking God, how come you're not blessing me like so-and-so? We're saying to God, I have a desire to be blessed or I have a desire to serve you, why does it seem like nothing that I'm doing is really working? It's like I'm spinning my wheels. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you wanna serve God, but you see yourself spinning your wheels? You, you're, you're, you're believing God, but yet things aren't happening. I guess what I'm trying to get to is you you imagine your life to be greater than where you are right now. What you see in your head when you when you daydream, when you go to sleep, when when you have time to, as they say, write the vision and make it plain. 
you have this vision in your head, but it seems like your present, your reality will never match up to your dream. And, and so there are a lot of people in this position, and I just want to maybe shed some light on this. I want to ask you the question of, are you faithful? Are, are you faithful? Are you faithful with the things that you can control right now? Are you faithful with the things that God has put in your possession right now? Or do you live a life of inconsistency? Everybody wants to get to a certain point. And, and I do too. We all want to get to a certain point. We all want to get to the point that we saw in our dreams. We want to see our dreams fulfilled. We want to see them manifest. But you have to ask yourself the question and be honest with yourself with, am I being faithful with where I am? Can God trust me with more than he's already trust me with? You understand? It's, it's like you want God to give you everything but you're not even willing to do the work or work what you have right now. At the top, I was telling you about uh, Miss Bailey and how she's, you know, feeding hundreds of people. And, and please understand, she is not a person who has the big head or a big ego. As a matter of fact, she is one of the most down to earth, humble people that I've ever met in my life. I've, I talked to her for a few hours, but I promise you, she is one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. But when she was telling me how she started the food bank and other things, she started the food bank with just some food laying on the ground, no tables, no nothing. They were just laying there. And as people wanted it or needed it, she would she would pack it up she would pray for them and then she would you know make them a a basket started off with just a few tables and now she is serving a community dare i say a city it has grown it has exploded people are giving to her to in order for her to take this thing to the next level and, and so, you know, people may see her now, but they didn't see the beginning. And so I ask you, are, are you, you have the dream for where you want to go, but are you working the resources? Are you working what God has given you for this moment, for this season? Are you doing the best you can do? As my mother would say, are you working with a spirit of excellence to make the most of what God has given you thus far? And so many of us, if we be honest, 
if we look at our history and be honest, we can really just point out that we haven't been that consistent. We haven't done things with a spirit of excellence. Watch this. We haven't done things with the right attitude. The right spirit. See, we want God's help, but we come with the wrong attitude. We want God to bless it, but but we we want the glory out of it. You know, and some of us, it's not on purpose. It's just that we kind of forgot um, somewhere some, somewhere along the way, we forgot that it's about God and not about us. But yet we want God to bless it. Some of us just need to take a, take a minute, just pause for a minute, everything that we're doing, and then ask ourselves the question, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? Is it fulfilling my purpose or is it fulfilling God's purpose? Amen. But we got to make sure that we do it with the right purpose. And, and so we, we have to also make sure that we're, we're doing all that we can do with what we have right now, with what God has, has blessed us with right now. Are you doing what you told God you would do? Some of us has made, have made promises to God. You know, we make those promises. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll do this and this and this and this and this. Have you kept up your end? Have you been, you know, we know God is faithful to his word, but have you been faithful to your word? Oh. Say that again. Thank you. Believe I will. We know that God is faithful to his word, but have you been faithful to your word? It's all about faithfulness. Are you being faithful? You want God to bless you, to multiply you, to, to take this business idea to the next level. You want him to take your ministry to the next level. You want him to take your home. You want him to take your finances to the next level. Are you working? Um, are you doing things to the best of your ability in the position that you are that you're in right now, at the level you're at right now. Let me let me let me read this scripture to you. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, 14. It's gonna be a little reading, but follow me, okay? Matthew 25 and 14. It says, Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Oh, boy. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, listen to that. You have been faithful 
with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's peace. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. But look at the one who had just one bag. It said, then the man who came, verse 24, the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Uh, so uh his master replied so you wicked lazy servant so you knew that i harvest where i have not sown and gather there i have not and gather where i have not scattered seed well then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when i returned i would have received it back with interest so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever had for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them so what i want to point out from that this parable in matthew 25 uh starting at verse 14 what i want to point out is the fact that the servant or the master gave each one a number of talents now the amount that he gave each one is not important. Follow me. The amount of talents that the master gave each servant is not important. What is important is what the servants did with the talents. One had five talents and he multiplied it. And the same way the one with five talents multiplied it the one with two talents did the same thing but the one with the one sat on it they sat on it how many of us are sitting on our talents how many of us as i as i've been stating how many of us are not being faithful or working the talent or the resources that God has already given us. And yet we want more. Well, you just don't understand. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just hard. Okay, no matter how many talents you start off with, it's going to be hard. Look at the look at the text. Notice it says or it shows that the one with five got another five. It didn't say the one with five got another two. So we can't use the excuse of what well, they had more to work with. Yeah, but they had to bring back twice as much as the one with the one. The one with the five had to bring back the same amount, had to had to have the same um uh results or the they had to bring back they had to double whatever they had that's what i'm looking for they had to double whatever they had the one with the five had to double the one with the two had to double so the one with the one what was what was 
what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to double what he had. It's going to take the same amount of work, the same amount of effort in order to double. The same mindset in order to double. As I stated, as I stated, the one with the five didn't come back with two more. The one with two didn't come back with one more. They both double what the master gave them. So, so some of us, we need to quit looking at or making the excuse of, you know, this person has more resources than me. Well, if they have more resources than you, then guess what? God is expecting them to, to deliver more than you. God is expecting them to uh, work what he's gave them. Now, what did it say later on in the scripture? when it talks about the uh wicked lazy servant look at verse 26 his master replied you wicked lazy servant so you knew that i harvest where i have not sown and gather where i have not scattered seed well then you should have put my money in the deposit okay let's go down a little bit so verse 28 so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one that has 10. the the master in this parable is not mad that the that the servant with the one talent didn't get 10. he's mad that he gave him something and he didn't do anything with what he gave him so when we ask the question lord why why isn't my life working out like i thought i would like i thought it would lord why am i not um financially stable like i thought i would lord why is my ministry not growing like i thought i would, like i thought it would lord why isn't this project or this business growing like i thought it would what have you done with what god has given you what have you done are you faithful with what i've given you it just makes sense you know, sometimes I think, I, I I feel like the people of God or, or people in general think that God is stupid, that God doesn't work in strategy. God is all about strategy. God is all about business. There's a reason why he blesses others more than he blesses uh, other folk because the one who is working that's the one he blesses the one who is working that's the one he trusts can god trust you with his resources and this has nothing to do with love oh boy before you before you say well god must not love me like he loves the other person it has nothing to do with love what this is what this is about is can i trust you with my resources let's look at this in the natural i have two daughters i have resources 
if I'm looking to make best use of my resources, let's just say I'm I'm I want to make the best use of my resources. I have one daughter who gets up out the bed every morning and works. This is an example. I have one daughter that gets out of the bed and works. She works 10 hours a day. I see her go, uh, uh, she does more than what's required of her when it comes to her job. Okay. Then I have another daughter who I have to constantly try to get up in the morning because they like to sleep in all the time. And every time I look around, they're taking off work. And every time I look around, they have a bad attitude. So now, if I have resources, who am I more likely to give my resources to? I'm going to be more likely to give it to the daughter who is out there working, who is constantly working, who has the good attitude. I may, I may throw a little something at the one that's not doing anything only to see if they're going to change their, their, their habits, but I'm not going to invest, you know, my resources into someone who won't invest in themselves. Oh, I hope that hit home to you. Well, God is the same way. He's going to invest his resources in the people who are moving, who are working. Now, watch this. Going back to my two daughters, I'm going to invest my, my resources into the one that is doing something. Now, do I love both of them? Absolutely. The love isn't different. But the way one of my daughter's works, daughters work, will give me more comfort and more of a reason to give her more resources both of you can have my love but this one will, will get access to my resources do you understand and so now you have to ask yourself am i that lazy daughter am i that lazy one have i shown god that I, that i can be trusted with his precious gifts have I shown him that I won't I, I won't uh, have the wrong attitude when I get his precious gifts? Because they are gifts. See, God doesn't owe us anything. Huh. God doesn't owe us anything. Truth be told, we owe him everything, but he doesn't owe us anything. He's done a lot for us already. Aren't you still breathing? God doesn't owe us anything anything and and yet just like a, a good father he still wants to give you more but can he trust you with it it's just something to think about the next time you say lord why aren't things working in my life lord i'm still at the same level you it, it, I, it doesn't seem like i'm moving anywhere well, I would ask, are you moving at all? 
Are you doing your part? And if you be faithful, if you be faithful, we already know God is faithful. And he'll do exactly what he said he'll do. And your life will begin to change. This is Pastor D.R.E. on the MIC. Listen, I want to ask you a question on today. And that question is, are you tired? Are you tired yet? Why do I ask that question? Because in my life, I have figured out that a lot of times people don't change until they're tired. I have figured out that that in order for you to change, you have to be tired. And it got to a point where I just said, Lord, I am tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of how my life is going. I'm tired of everything I've, had, I've been through. I'm, I'm tired of crying. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being stressed out. I'm, I'm tired of feeling alone. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of just everything you know it, it's it's something when you really get tired it's something when you feel like you have no hope and many times many times when people get tired that's when they get suicidal that's when they say I just don't want to live anymore well, before you make that decision, I want you to give Jesus a try. Yes, I want you to give Jesus a try. Jesus will be there for you when nobody else will be. And I'm not telling you anything that I heard. I'm telling you what I know. See, I've been in the place that you're in. I've been suicidal. I've been depressed. I've been at a place where I didn't know I was, what I was going to do. I've been betrayed. I've been a lot of things. I've, I've been hurt. I've, I've, I've witnessed a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I've been through a lot of things. Oh, but you know what kept me? It was one day when I was a teenager, really before I was a teenager, I gave my life to Christ. And little did I know how big of an impact it would have. Little did I know how vital that decision would be in my life. Because guess what? Even when I messed up, <laughs> he was there. In my lowest points, he was there. In everything that I went through, he was there. When I had to witness the death of my mother and I was, I, I was just distraught, God was there. And I will tell you, I was fortunate that I had people 
around me who told me about the Lord at a young age. And there may be someone listening to me right now that have never, they you have never heard about God. You've never heard about salvation. But you're saying to yourself right now, I'm tired too. I can understand what you're talking about. I know it may sound a little crazy right now, but it's a little weird right now, but I, I, I want to meet this Jesus you're talking about. I don't, you know, listen, if you have to get by yourself right now, it's okay. But let this be a decision. How do I get saved? Well, it's simple. The only thing you have to do is to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So listen, salvation doesn't cost anything it doesn't cost you anything you don't have to roll on the floor you don't have to pay any money you don't have to pay a preacher you don't have to do any of that you don't even have to join a church although i do suggest you join one so that you can learn more about him but the only thing that you have to do is confess jesus as your savior the only thing that it costs you is a decision. It's a decision from your heart. And so if you're ready to make this that decision right now, I'm going to lead you into a simple prayer. And it goes like this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. Today, I turn away from my sins and turn to you. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust you. And from this day forward, I am committed to you. I confess today, right now, you are my savior and my father. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, right now, right now, you are saved. I promise you it's the best decision you will ever make. Now listen, this is very important. I said you didn't have to join the church, but I do suggest you do. Find a good faith-based church that can tell you about Christ. Get into, your, into the word. Let God minister to you. And by the way, let me just leave you with this. Welcome to the family. This is Pastor D.R.E. Listen, I want to give you a formal invitation. A formal invitation. Join me. Join us. LLH Ministries on Facebook Live. This is where the word is being taught, is being preached, okay? 
We're small in stature, but great in faith. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m., Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. I hope to see you there. And here we are again. Here we are again. Another successful week. Why? Because we reached the world with the word. We reached the world with the word. Thank you for joining us on today. Thank you for spending time with me on today. It is greatly appreciated. Hope that you got something out of the word on today. You know, as I was say, saying earlier, we want God to do a lot for us. We want things to change in our lives. But maybe we need to change ourselves first. Maybe we need to take that hard look in the mirror and get ourselves straight. Right? So I'm going to end the show like this. You know, I like to often give a quote um, or something positive, something to think about. So I'm going to end it like this. Um, there's an old saying that says, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. And the reason I say that is because I was looking, a lot of times I take inventory in my own life. And... I was thinking about some relationships I have, man. And, or lack thereof. Um, Some people, some relationships that haven't necessarily died, but could be better. And, And so, the reason I say that you know, don't put up for tomorrow what you can do for do today is because you never know when you won't have the chance to get that relationship back to where it used to be. You you never know when you won't have the chance to say I love you or I miss you or I'm sorry. Just to just to just to clarify things, to to let that person know how you feel about them. You never know when that chance will pass you by. And the worst feeling in the world is when you play the what if game. What if things were different? Or the I wish game. I wish I could have said this. I wish I could have said that. I wish I could have did this or did that. I, I, I wish, I wish, I wish. But now, that moment has passed. And so I understand that sometimes... Relationships get messed up because of he say, she say, they say. Sometimes relationships get messed up because of uh, an incident that happened. But you got to ask yourself, 
and only you know the answer to this is this relationship worth saving is it worth putting time in again only you know the answer but you gotta ask yourself that question is it still worth it and quite honestly I feel like many times we would say yes so here's what I'm gonna do I pray for everyone who has a relationship that you want to be better I pray for everyone that has a relationship that may have been damaged by some things in the past. I pray that God heals your heart. That that you allow God to go to the, the restricted areas in your life, in your heart. The pain that you don't talk about. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. That you find peace so that you can get back to loving again. That you find healing, that your heart be healed so that you can become, that relationship can become what you want it to be. We release all anxiety, all sorrow, all hurt. We give it all to God. You know what everybody's dealing with, God. You know where people are hurting. You see the quiet tears. The in the middle of the night tears. The driving in the car by myself tears. The hurt that people go through. But we as a people right now, God, release it to you. We want to be happy again. We want those relationships back. That means so much to us. Lord, heal me. So that you can heal the relationship. Heal me, oh God. So that you can heal the relationship. I pray this for everybody under the sound of my voice that needs it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kind of unexpected, but God knows what we need. So thank you for joining us on today. Hope that you got something out of the word. Hope that that prayer helped somebody on today. The talk helped somebody on today. But I love you. We love you. And I will see you next week. Be blessed.